We grow up hearing lots of different voices. And I realized this as a parent when my growing children began to value voices in addition to those of mom and dad. When they start listening to other people like they do us. And Acts is the story of the early church. And as the church is growing, there are lots of voices speaking in contrast to the voice of the Lord. He is the one to whom the church should always listen. In our day, to whom do we listen? As a church? As, as individuals? It's an exciting time for the early church. We, we read today in Acts chapter 5, starting with verse 12, that at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders are, are taking place. Uh, they're taking place among the people, and, and, and they're gathered together. The early churches gathered all together in Solomon's portico, which is at the temple. But none of the rest dare to associate with the early church. But, however, the, the people hold them in high esteem. And increasingly, believers in the Lord, large numbers of men and women, are being added to their number to such an extent that they even carry the sick out into the streets and, and, and lay them on cots and pallets so that when Peter comes by, at least his shadow might fall on any of them. And if you've never seen this scripture before or haven't seen it in a while, that sounds kind of odd. The people from, from the cities in the vicinity there in Jerusalem, they're coming together as well, and they're bringing people who, who are sick or tormented with, with unclean spirits, possessed, and they're all being healed. The apostles, they perform lots of signs and wonders among the people, and this draws attention. And there is respect, but there's fear as well. There's fear. And, and as we just saw, none dare to associate. Well, why? Well, if you were with us last time, you heard about a man and wife named Ananias and Sapphira who were connected to the early church, but they told a lie to God, in essence. They lied to the Holy Spirit, and they both dropped dead. And last time we finished with verse 11 in Acts chapter 5, when we, we, all this happened, we read that great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard about these things. Word travels quick. But great fear came over all who heard. And so there's respect for the early church, but there's fear. However, the church grows over a period of time, large numbers. And crowds of the sick, they gather for even a simple shadow to fall over them. There's crippled, there's sick, there's possessed, they're, they're all being healed. Do you remember way back in 2020, <laughs> in the kingdom encounters we were reading in Matthew, all the healings performed by Jesus? Um. Do you remember what Jesus told the disciples at the Last Supper? In John chapter 14, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me 
the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Father so that you can have the Helper, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Great works are being done for the glory of God. And it's, we're seeing that here with Peter. These are good days for the early church. The Holy Spirit is, is working. The Holy Spirit is being allowed to work. And there's a difference there. But the Holy Spirit is being allowed to work in miraculous ways. And, and the faith of the whole body of Christ is, is strengthened as a result. Are we encouraged when we see God work amongst the body in these days? I am. So I would say absolutely. I'm thrilled when I see God work. Not everyone is happy. Look there at verse 17, Acts chapter 5. The the high priest stands up, along with all of his associates, the Sadducees, and, and they're filled with jealousy. They're filled with jealousy. They lay hands on the apostles, and they put them in a public prison. The Sadducees, the religious establishment, who who are also public officials, they're jealous. Well, why? Well, the rise of the influence of the church. Today, the church would be considered media darlings. The, The church is the new kid in town. Respect for the church is increasing, and thereby the mission is increasing. And large numbers are being, becoming associated with the church. And it's competition. So the high priest has the apostles arrested and placed within a public prison. And, and this is done in order to add insult to injury. The apostles are treated as criminals. <laughs> but during the night, an angel of the Lord opens the gates of the prison and And he leads the apostles out, and he he says this, Go, stand, and speak to the people in the temple area the whole message of this life. I'm using the New American Standard version, and life is capitalized. And that's, that's intentional. And so upon hearing this, they enter into the temple area about daybreak, and they begin to teach. The, the angel gives the apostles this directive. Go and stand and speak to the people in the temple area the whole message of this life. This life, the life of Jesus, and new life which is found in him. And that's precisely what the apostles do. They hear the angel's voice and they obey. They, they listen to the voice of the Lord through the angel. They're obedient. And and, and so the apostles, they enter the the temple area at sunrise. They begin to teach. And what do they teach? The message, the whole message of this life. The life of Jesus, the new life which is found in him. And Paul, and oh, we're going to read about Paul in just a a few weeks. About his dynamic conversion. But, But Paul later on would write in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He, he would sum up the message of Christ's life in just a few, really a creed. And he would tell us that, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Two, two non-negotiables there that were sinners. 
But according to God's word, Christ died for our sins and that he was buried <laughs> and then he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Mm. The life of Jesus. So, so what happens, the high priest and the, the associates, they, they come together, they call the council together, the Senate, the Sanhedrin, and they send orders to the prison for the apostles to be brought to them. They've not heard what's going on in the temple area at this point. So the officers, they, 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 they're dispatched, and guess what? They do not find the apostles in prison. And so they return and they give their report. We found the, the prison locked quite securely. And, and the guards standing at the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Were they sharing this with a sense of trepidation? Were they, were they sharing this out of guilt, out of shame, out of shock? Probably all those emotions. There's a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah there's a problem. <laughs> so, so the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests, they hear what the officers say. And I love how Luke, the writer of Acts, he, he says this. He says, they were greatly perplexed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's an understatement there. No doubt. I'm sure they were greatly perplexed. Someone comes in and reports, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple area and they're teaching the people. So the captain goes along with the officers and they proceed to bring them back without violence because they're afraid of the people that they might be stoned. They, they don't want a riot. And they're afraid of this because of the rise of influence and, and the, the growing respect for the apostles and the early church. They don't want to deal with a riot. And so they bring the apostles, and they have the apostles stand before the council. And the high priest begins the interrogation, saying, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. And yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching... And intend, I love this, intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Hmm. In essence, you apostles did not listen to us. Peter and the apostles answer in verse 29 of Acts chapter 5 with a response that would come to define the church. We must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. Peter says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Keeping in mind, this is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times. Peter says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince. Remember, all authority has been given to Jesus. <laughs> and a savior. 
think about what that implies. To grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The magnitude of that statement, that is dynamite. (laughs) And then Peter says, we're witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Who has the Holy Spirit? Those who obey Him. We must obey God rather than men. To whom do we listen? God. Mm. The council hears this. They become infuriated. And they nearly decide to execute the apostles. Infuriated. The word in Greek for how they felt actually means to saw asunder, to to hack. (laughs) They are hacked off. (laughs) They are bad. They are hacked off and their hearts are hardened toward the gospel. And we've already heard them say, in essence, we don't want the blood of this man, Jesus, upon us. Mm. But then a man stands up. He's a Pharisee, and he's, he's well-connected, he's well-respected. He's a teacher of the law, and his name is Gamaliel. And he stands up to the council, and he gives orders to, to put the men the apostles outside for a short time, send them out of the room just for a minute. And Gamaliel says to the council, Men of Israel, be careful as to what you are about to do with these men. And then Gamaliel reminds the council of of a couple of past events in Israel's history. A couple of instances and individuals who were unknown to us. He says this, For some time ago, Thudas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men joined him. But he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. And then, after this man, Judas of Galilee, not Judas Iscariot, but another Judas, Judas of Galilee, appeared in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He also perished, and and all those who followed him were scattered. And so Gamaliel, he, he cites these two, and then he says, So in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. Hmm. For if the source of this plan or movement is men it will be overthrown. But, big but, but, if the source is God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Or else you may even be found fighting against God. Wow! Pharisee says this. If the source is God, you will not be over to overthrow them. Or else you will be found 
fighting against God. Talk about being on the wrong side of history. Wow. We read in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 30 that there's no wisdom, no understanding, and no plan against the Lord. And man's plans. I mean, we're movers and shakers. The Lord has given us brains. But if you're like me, you know of folks who don't really give the Lord credit for that. You know, we're smart, got a brain, figure it out. Great ideas, movers and shakers and leaders and type A personalities and some such, good stuff. Good stuff. But, sometimes plans don't go the way we think they, they should go. And, and sometimes they're successful and sometimes not so much. However, however, there is no wisdom, no understanding, and no plan which will prevail against the Lord. No plan which will prevail against the Lord. The Lord is sovereign still today. He's still sovereign. You, you've heard me say this uh, on more than one occasion, quoting the, the English pastor, theologian. He was a physician first, uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. says it like this. Some things God promotes. But then there are some things that the Lord permits. You see that? There's a, and there's a difference there. But the Lord is still sovereign. God is still on the throne, the maker of heaven and earth. And there's some things He promotes. And then there's some things He permits. Well... The council listens to the voice of Gamaliel. They follow his advice, and and after calling the apostles back in the room, they flog them, and they they order them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they release them. And this flogging of the apostles, it's the first recorded instance in Scripture of punishment which is administered to to a whole group, not just Peter or John. Along with a response that would come to define the church, along with what Peter has said, we must obey God rather than man. Along with this comes the response which would come to accompany and underscore the courage of the church. And it's the response by unbelievers. It's the response of persecution. As we claim, we stake the claim that we obey God rather than man, comes the reward for that, which is persecution. And they walk hand in hand. Even today. Even today. So the apostles, they, they, they go on their way. And, and they rejoice that they have been considered worthy. They've been considered worthy to suffer shame for His name. 
the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they do not stop teaching, they do not stop preaching the good news of Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the anointed one. What did Jesus tell all who would ever follow him? And that's not just these disciples who become apostles, but it also includes all of us. What did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says to his followers, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you've spent much time in the Old Testament, you can see how even the kings of Israel and Judah, ones who the Lord permitted to be on the throne, how horrible they acted toward the Lord's prophets. You know the stories. Jeremiah, Elijah. Remember what happened to John the Baptist? And Jesus? To whom do we listen? God. We must obey God rather than men. That, that's what Peter said to, the, said to the Sanhedrin. What about us? In, in our day, of all the voices which compete for our attention, to whom do we listen? Whose voice do we follow? Do we, do we follow the voice of the one whose blood has been brought upon us? The blood of the man who has been brought upon us. Jesus, whose blood was shed for us. You see, we're told in Scripture, according to the Scriptures, we're told in Scripture that we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news, it's the same news which the angel told the apostles to share as he broke them out of jail. <laughs> the whole message of this life. This life, the life of Jesus and new life which is found in him. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And here's some more good news. Jesus' last words before he ascended to heaven. I am with you always. To the very end of the age. He told the disciples on the night of the Last Supper that he, that he had to, to go away so that he could send the Comforter. He's given us His Holy Spirit <laughs> to bring us comfort, to bring us peace, to bring us guidance. He's given us no less than Himself. Sometimes I think we see the Holy Spirit as kind of the... We don't intentionally do this, but I think sometimes we see, this, see the Holy Spirit almost like a pet of Jesus. 
No, he is equal to Jesus. He's equal to God the Father and God the Son in every way. God the Holy Spirit living inside of you and inside of me. Mm. Despite the hard turns in the road ahead of our lives, hard turns which we have been promised as His children. If you remember, Jesus told His followers, there is a hard road ahead. Mm. Despite all that, we're not alone. And His is the voice to whom we can listen. His is the voice in whom we can trust.